Omagyanatimirandasya, Gyananjana Salakaya, Csaksúrmilitam Gyeratasmé Sigurvé Namaha. Vandési Köszna Jaitanna Nittananda Sohodita, Borodai Puspavantó Csitra Szandótamonodó. Sri Csaitanna Csaritámrita Kijjai, Kisztanaszka Virágyba Szami Mahasáj Kijjai, Lesz Leszi Bhakti Vedanta Sámi Prabhupad Kijjai, Sri Bhakti Rakkaksida Devuga Sámi Maharaj Kijjai, Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur Prabhupad Kijjai. Reading from Chapter 19, Madhilila, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructs Rupa Goswami. We're in the beginning of this chapter, and in the last discussion we heard how Rupa Goswami met with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is backtracking here and referring to that first meeting. And we discussed exchange of letters between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Rupa Goswami that preceded their meeting. And Kaviraj Goswami explained that after their Mahaprabhu had gone to Puri and come back to Navadweep on his way to Vrindavan. And then while proceeding towards Vrindavan, he came to Ramkeli, Ram, the village where Rupa Sanatan's father had settled. He was from South India, Karnataka Brahmin family very sophisticated Brahmin family. They relocated in Bengal and the two made their appearance there, Rupsanatan and one brother, Balaba. And in some places it's mentioned that there were other brothers as well. But these are the three prominent, all of whom became followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as did the son of Balaba, who was the nephew of Rupsanatan, the illustrious Shijiva Goswami. So Mahaprabhu met them, and then he proceeded on, and they made an arrangement to extricate themselves from their material circumstances, which were considerable, because they were involved as highly positioned ministers in the government of Hussein Sah, who was the ruler of Bengal. And he would go out and conquer various territories and so forth. And while he was out conquering, Rupa Sanatam would be running the government, so we discussed how their true spiritual identity was somewhat covered, waiting to unfold in the context of the Leela, covered by Jogamai, just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's position as the Yuga Avatar and more, was concealed for some time while he was in Navadweep, and he appeared like a scholar, a pundit, and, and so on and so forth. So the Leela has its own time frame may also be the case with great devotees who have actually, on rare occasions, come here from there, who descended for the sake of propaganda. They may appear like a sadhaka and go through the stages and so forth due to the influence of yoga maya, that they might better assist us in their purpose for coming, which is to teach us about Krishna consciousness by their example, showing how to go through the various stages of sadhana. This is how, of course, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur conceived of Bhakti Vinod Thakur. He conceived of Bhakti Vinod Thakur as he came to be known in Bengal as the seventh Goswami. That was a title that I believe was given to Bhakti Vinod Thakur by a well-known writer of the times, perhaps Shishu Kumar, 
Ghosh, who had written about Chaitanya Leela in his own way. Bhakti Siddhanta had said about him, that's Ghosh's Chaitanya. He tended to play down the miraculous events in the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that are described in Chaitanya Bhagavata, Chaitanya Charitamrita, other authorized literatures. At any rate, he was a well-known person. His books about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were very attractive reading, that one point aside. And he was well-known at the time, like a popular writer. So for the popular sector of educated society, someone of that stature, to speak of Bhaktivinoda Thakur in that way was significant. Of course, it's more significant, we could say, if a, if a spiritual person should say so. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sashitaka, of course, agreed with Shishu Kumar Ghosh's analysis. That's why Saraswati Thakur used to reply whenever he was asked, or he told his disciples whenever they were asked, what is your paribar? To reply, what? Bhaktivinoda paribar. Paribar means family. It means Sampradaya, it means your group. So in Gaudiya Sampradaya, in the Gaudiya lineage, you have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appearing, and then when Krishna comes, he doesn't come alone. Krishna is not alone. This is a very important point in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Krishna is not alone. Krishna means God with his Swarup Shakti. So Radha... Nanda, Jashodamai, Sridam, Subal, Raktak, Patrak, all these persons, they are manifestations of the Swarup Shakti of the Lord. There's no Krishna without them. So if we come in the proximity of Krishna, point is, we will come in the proximity of all these things. There's a nice prayer we sing. Nama Shrestam Api Sachiputram Atprasarupam. Rupam tasyagrajam urupurim matarim gostavatim radha kundam giribaram oho radhika madavasam prapto yasa pratita kripaya sri gurum tam natosme This is a pranam, a offering of respect to the guru written by Raghunath Das Goswami. So something of what I'm speaking about is also found in this verse. He says first, namasrestam. Shrestha means, do you know what Shrestha means? Shreyas. Do you know what Shreyas means and Prayas? Prayas means immediate good and Shreyas means long-term good. So Shreya, Shrestha, Nam Shrestha means the best. The best, the highest, Nam Shrestha. The highest conception of the name, of the holy name. So there may be different conceptions of the holy name. There was one fellow who purported to be a Rambhakta who accompanied Raghunath Bhatta Goswami in his journey from Banaris to Puri to meet with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was the son of Tapan Mishra and Tapan Mishra had been sent to Banaris by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he, when Mahaprabhu came there on his way to Vrindavan to convert all the Mayavadis he was hosted by Chandrasekhar and Tapan Mishra would cook. So he met a Raghunath Bhatta Goswami, the son of Tapan Misha there. Later, the Raghunath Bhatta came to meet Mahaprabhu in Puri. And he came with one well-known uh, Ram Bhakta. He was always chanting the name of Ram, constantly. And when they arrived in Puri, 
news came to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with their arrival and he called for the son of Tapamija, Raghunath Bhatta. And he didn't call for that Ram Bhakta. So after showering Raghunath Bhatta with his mercy and affection and so forth, Raghunath Bhatta asked, but why you show such affection for me and give such attention to me when who I am coming with is a famous Ram Bhakta. The name of Ram is always on his lips. Mahaprabhu replied, Oh, he's a Mayavari. Something like that. He's chanting for Mukti. In other words, his conception of the name is that it's Saguna Brahman, a manifestation of Brahman with material qualities that can take us to the unmanifest, unqualified Brahman. Unqualified or non-differentiated Brahman. Do you understand what I mean when I say non-differentiated Brahman? Of course, you know what difference means, difference and non-difference. So, to be with variety or to be without variety, it is said in common English parlance, what? Variety is the spice of life. Variety is the spice of life. Right? But variety is also a problem here in many respects. Why is variety a problem? Because, first of all, the variety is illusory. It's really the same thing, puna punas, charvita charvananam, over and over again. Bhakta Prahlad has given the example, chewing the chewed. It's like when we were kids, then it was fashionable to chew bubble gum. And after the sweetness went away a little bit, you'd stick it underneath the desk, look for something else to do, and then after a while, you'd try it again. Maybe a little sweetness left in there. So, for the most part, whatever we embrace is exciting and just like now I have to sell my car. Actually, I don't want to get rid of it, but most people want to get rid of their cars when it comes time to sell it. So, they want to get rid of it and somebody else wants it like anything. So, whatever we want, somebody else has already rejected. Whatever we reject, somebody else wants. Puna punas charvita charvananam, Prahlad said. Material life is just chewing the chewed all over again. It's the same thing, vibhatsa disgust. But you fashion it in a different way and it seems to be something else for a while. A young man marries a beautiful young lady and she turns into an old hag and he turns into a couch potato just watching the TV all day long. She becomes his nightmare, he becomes her nightmare. It happens more often than not. So the variety of material life is really illusory. And the variety is based on sense perception. What's good for you may be bad for me. What's happy for you may be sad for me. What's hot for you may be cold for me. And so this variety creates some distance. So sometimes people pine for unity. But we find that simultaneously they desire for difference. So, of course, Mahaprabhu is taught a doctrine of the nature of reality is it's one and different at the same time. So, while material variety is a problem, if we get beyond that problem, we come to a unified field that we call Brahman. We are all of that nature. We're the nature of consciousness. So that we all have in common. We're all of the nature of consciousness. We endure. We're not like this passing material body that's here today and gone tomorrow. We're very different from that. So that we have all in common. We're all of the same nature, in a sense. We're all of the nature of consciousness and being. So when we speak like that, we speak about the undifferentiated ground on which we all stand. Like the ground 
may be undifferentiated, but from it, many different things make their appearance, right? But that should also speak to us that some potential for difference is within the ground. So within the ground of Brahman, the Absolute, we are of the nature of Brahman. Within the ground of Brahman, there's also variety, but it is not a problem there. And that variety we call Lila, Krishna Lila. So much variety. So there we find happy life. Life is Brahman. Life means self-realization. Get a life. Get yourself. Know yourself. And within self-realization, if we can go to Krishna consciousness, God consciousness and Krishna consciousness, that is the spice of life. So this fellow was chanting Ram Nam, but he didn't have a sense that Ram Nam, the name of Ram corresponded with Ram, and that Ram had a Leela in eternality. He considered the name to be a manifestation of undifferentiated Brahman, just appearing here to help us. We could chant it, it would retire, we'll get liberation. And Shanti Shanti, just rest with nothing to do forever. No variety, no Leela, eternal being. Mahaprabhu was not very happy with this. If someone chants the name of Krishna for liberation, Sridhar said, Krishna feels like someone is, who's doing that is hurling thunderbolts at him. If I'm a wealthy and knowledgeable man, and somebody comes to me, two people come to me to live with me, and they want to serve me, but I detect in the first man, he wants to serve me because he wants my wealth. How close will I allow him to be? Even though he's, yes, sir. Yes, Swami. Yes, Swami. Whatever you want, Swami. Because I detect in him a motivation for my wealth, uh, I would be put off by him. If the second man serves, but I detect in him, he wants my knowledge. He wants my position. He's waiting for me to pass away so that he can take my position and be the, have the distinguished rapport in the world that I have, something like this. And I'll be put off by him as well. If someone, third person, comes to serve and has no such motivation, how close I will allow him to come, how much I'll give myself to him. First person is the karmi who approaches Krishna for material well-being. Second person is the jnani who approaches to get Krishna's position, to be God, to be all knowledge. Third person is the devotee. And wonderfully, the devotee gets everything and gets all the knowledge. In other words, rather than trying to acquire material facilities and knowledge, we should serve the one who has all knowledge and all facilities. And then all those things will be at our disposal. This is the idea of devotion. So this fellow did not have that idea, and Mahabharata wouldn't even give him darshan. So nama shrestam means we want the highest conception of the name. We should chant Hare Krishna. Why? For what reason? Why should we chant Hare Krishna? What do you say? So we can learn to love Krishna more, serve him better, to have taste. Jeff? <laughs> we should chant Hare Krishna out of love for Krishna, to please Krishna, to bring together Radha and Krishna, Hare Krishna, to bring them together. It's actually Sambhog mantra. It's chanted in Vipralamba, in separation to bring together 
Radha and Krishna. We might think we should chant because Gurudev has told me to chant. It's like Erica said, whenever you see me, if you ask me, did I chant, that'll be good because then I'll, more or less what you were saying, the fear of God will be in my heart that whenever I see you, you're going to ask me, so I'd better have chanted. So we shouldn't chant out of fear, but it's better to chant out of fear than not to chant at all. Out of duty, oh, because uh, Gurudev has given me the order to chant, I should chant. We should try to chant out of love for Radha and Krishna, to please Radha and Krishna. I've told the story before uh, myself how I was with Prabhupada in, in Los Angeles and after he gave the class, one day I was thinking, because we used to have a short kirtan after the class, and I was thinking, what do I know about this Hare Krishna mantra? I know this, it pleases him very much. He gets great joy from this. So I used to stand right next to Prabhupada, right next to his right ear, I had my place there. No one could stand where I stood there. I chalked out my area, and I would stand next to Prabhupada. It's like my, my footprints were like melted in the marble there. So I chanted that day. I just I thought, oh, just just to please Prabhupada. This, he takes great pleasure in this. He understands the significance of this mantra. So let me chant. I was just pouring the mantra into his ear. He looked up at me with such a big smile and nodded. And the next morning. After the class, there was always a little competition. Who would lead the kirtan amongst the sannyasis? I wasn't a sannyasi at that time. And the GBCs and the people who were the big kirtaniers and so forth. So they'd have a little bit of a struggle and one of them would succeed and lead the kirtan. So the next morning, one of those fellows began to lead the kirtan and Prabhupada stopped him. He turned to me and said, let this boy sing. You, you lead. And all eyes came on me. Then I chanted, and I wasn't as good of a kirtan here or anything, but Prabhupada was very happy. Next morning, same thing happened. Someone else started leading. Prabhupada said, no, let him chant. So I can understand from that. I was conceiving it in the right way to please Prabhupada by my chanting. So this we should think like this. So... Namasistam. Namasistam means highest conception of the name for the pleasure of Radha and Krishna. And so many things we could discuss about the name of Krishna. The name of Krishna is non-different from Krishna, so on and so forth. So, Namasistam, Manumapi, Sachiputram. And Sachiputra means the son of Sachi, Chaitanamapubi. He has given the highest conception of the name. And Raghunathas Goswami is saying, from my Gurudev I have received that. The highest conception of the name. Not an ordinary conception of the holy name. At the conception of the holy name given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So I will chant with that idea. What are the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu about the holy name of Krishna? What is the objective of this chanting? What is the ideal? Where will it lead? And so forth. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was taught. So Raghunathas Goswami says like this. Then he says, Rupam Tasyagrajam. He says, Rupa and his elder brother, Sanatan. Urupurim, that glorious city, Mathura, and the cow pastures of Braj. He's talking about different things that as a result of coming in touch with his Gurudev, who's giving him Krishna, he's coming in touch with all these things. So he got the name, he's coming in touch with Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Mathura Puri, Goshtavatim, Radha Kundam, Giribaram, oh, so Radhakund, Girigobardhan, and Radha Madhava Seva. My point is what? If we get the Seva of Radha Madhava, Radha Krishna, all these things will be there. 
So coming in proximity of Krishna means to come in touch with his Swarup Shakti, with Govardhan, Jamuna, Radhakund, Maturapuri, those prominent ones in Mathura, Rup Sanatan, and so on and so forth. And to extend the idea, all that attendant paraphernalia, Krishna is never alone. He's with his eternal associates. That is the genius, the spiritual genius of the writers on the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like Kabiraj Krishnadas, Kobi Karnapur, Chaitanya Bhagavat's author, Vrindabandas uh, Thakur. They really understood who is Krishna. They said Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. That's controversial to say someone is Krishna. How did they support it? In so many ways they supported it by citing scripture as to the Yuga Avatar and so on and so forth. But more than that, they said, and here is Radha in Gadadhar, and here is Ram, Bal Ram, and Nityananda Prabhu, and here is Rupa Manjari, is Rupa Goswami, and Lavanga Manjari, Sanatana Goswami, Rati Manjari, Tulsi Manjari, all these eternal associates of Krishna. There is no meaning to Krishna, Braj Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan Krishna, without all of these associates. So they understood, if Krishna has come, then all these people must be here also. And they understood it, they found it out, they realized they were amongst them also. And I am so-and-so. I am Kasturi Manjari, Krishna's Kaviraj realized. Well, Krishna's not alone. So if we do come in touch with Krishna, come in touch with all of these things. So here we are in touch anyway with Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, through Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami's writing. And he's telling us about the history of Goswami's meeting with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and how after meeting with him, they tried to extricate themselves from the government service where they were very much entangled. They had held very responsible positions. And although they were from Hindu and Brahmin families, because of their stature, even though their position as the eternal associates of Mahaprabhu was covered by Yogamaya, hidden to some extent, by the movement of the Leela was not to come out until later. Still, there are extraordinary qualities as human beings. Their learning, their capacity to deal with people and so forth was extraordinary. And therefore, the Hussein Saad, the ruler of Bengal, enlisted them as his really heads of state in his absence. And they took the positions. They could be in any situation and not lose sight of Krishna consciousness. So, they began to extricate themselves from the government service. And the first thing they did was they paid, and they were wealthy, they paid some Brahmins to perform Purusharja, certain yagyas and purificatory practices which are usually attendant to the Diksha Mantra. As I explained yesterday, Krishna Mantras are not dependent upon any Purusharja for them to become activated, empowered, but still there are poorest charge of purificatory activities that can sometimes be done. The principle of which is said to be service to the Guru. The more we dedicate ourselves in service to the Guru, who is one with the mantra, the more the mantra will reveal itself. So here it's mentioned, it was mentioned yesterday, I should say, that with regard to Krishna mantra, it's not clear that Rupa received Krishna mantra from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. They did receive names from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Their names were changed when they first met him, to Rupa and Sanatan. It's possible they received some mantra, but it's not recorded. 
in the histories in that way. But here we find an interesting verse of how they paid these Brahmins to do Purusharja for Krishna Mantra, which is generally done after receiving the Krishna Mantra or just before receiving the Krishna Mantra. And what they were trying to do is meet with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was non different from the mantra. So anyway, they hired these Brahmins, and this was one of the things they did to extricate themselves. And then the other practical arrangements were made. Sri Rup Gosai Tobe Nokote Bhuriya Apanar Ghare Aila Bahudhana Lana. At this time, Rupa Goswami returned home, taking with him large quantities of riches loaded in boats. So they did this apparently in Goda, and he's returning to Ramkeli. Sanatana Goswami is not with him. Brahmana Vaishnave Dida Tar Ardhadhane Ekotrothi Dhan Dila Kutumbabharane. Rupagasami divided wealth that he had and he brought it back home. He gave 50% in charity to Brahmins and Vaishnavas, 25% he gave to his relatives. So he's preparing to leave home altogether. Tanda Bandalagi Choti Sanchai Kodila Bhalbal Bipastane Stavai Rakila. He kept one fourth of his wealth with a respectable Brahmana. He kept this for his personal safety because he was expecting some legal complications. Gode Rakila Murdhasha Hajare Sanatan Biaya Kore Raki Mudigare. So as I mentioned yesterday, it would be very difficult to speak about Rupa Goswami without speaking about Sanatana Goswami. Rupa Goswami considered Sanatana Goswami his guru. He's mentioned him in this way in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu and other literatures. And uh, he was his elder brother. As I've mentioned, in the Prakat Lila of Gaur Lila, Sanatana is the senior. And in the Niti Lila of Krishna Lila, Rupa Goswami is the senior, as Rupa Manjari. So, here Krishna discovered Raj Goswami now begins to speak a little bit about Sanatana Goswami because the two brothers were trying to extricate themselves. Rupa Goswami took the first steps. Money that he's left behind for legal complications involved his expectation that Sanatana Prabhu would have a dip more difficult time extricating himself. So, Shirup deposited 10,000 gold coins, which he says which were later spent by Sanatana Goswami in the custody of a Bengali grocer. Sirup Shunila Prabhura Niladri Gamana Bana Pate Jobena Prabhu Shibindavan. So Rupa Goswami heard that Prabhu Chaitanya Dev had left Nilachala. Bana Pate. He'd gone by the path of the forest, Jobin Prabhu Shibindavan, on his way to Vrindavan. So this is Madhu's second time leaving Puri. Rupa Gosai Nila Chale Patala Duijan Prabhu Jobe Brindavan Kodin Gaman. So Rupa Gosami he sent two people to Jagannath Puri to find out exactly when Mahaprabhu would depart. Mahaprabhu he unheard was preparing to leave. And so he sent two people to find out. It's possible Rupa Gosami would have gone to Puri or Sanatana Gosami. You may wonder why they didn't go to Puri to stay with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Reason is likely because of the political climate, they being as influential in the government of Hussein Sa as they were, had they gone to Puri, 
which was fortified Hindu kingdom in the care of Raj Prataparudra, then oh, it would have enraged that Hussein saw all the more and may have attacked Jagannath Puri. So they were very politically astute. And Mahaprabhu made them like that for the work he had to do in terms of forming the Sampradaya. We find it in Raghunathas Goswami also and all of them. They're the architects of the Sampradaya of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They organized the whole thing, established it, founded it, established the standards of conduct, modes of dress, what mantras would be chanted, what procedures and so forth. Shigra Ashi Moritana Diba Samachar Shurniyatad Anurup so Rupa Goswami told the two men, you are to return quickly and let me know when he will depart and I shall make the proper arrangement. So he's waiting for Mahaprabhu to depart from Puri, then he'll make arrangements to go and meet with him in Vrindavan. Eta sanatan gosai bhave mane mana raj mori piti kore se mor bandhana. While Sanatan Goswami was in Godadesh, he was thinking, the Nawab is very pleased with me. I certainly have an obligation. Kon mate raja jari more kruda hai tobe abya hati hai kari lunishai. If the Nawab somehow or other becomes angry with me, I shall be greatly relieved. That is my conclusion. So he's trying to think how to get out of the service of the Hussein Sa, and he's thinking he likes me like a son. So maybe if I displease him, he'll just dismiss me. He'll want to get rid of me. Havas tier chadmo kori rahe nidja ghare raj karja chodila nadjai raj dware. On the pretext of bad health, Nanda Goswami remained at home. Thus he gave up the government service. I did not go to the royal court. Lopi kayastagan raj karja kori apone swagrihe kore shastra bichare. So the greedy masters of his staff, clerical and secretarial staff, they were very eager to take his position. His position was very, very desirable. It was a very well-paid position, full of power, attended with all types of servants and, and so forth. So he had no interest in it. This is significant. Both their positions, and like I say, they were like in charge of the whole government under the Hussein side, when he would leave, there was no third person who was senior to them to give a decision on any matter. Very, very distinguished position they had. And Tyaktvatur Namashesha Mandalapatishanim Sadhatu Chavat Shinivas says, Tyaktvatur Namashesha, they gave it up without any interest in that. It said when the young Jiva saw that, that on the basis of their attraction to a mendicant, another beggar, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, under his influence, once meeting him, they gave up such a wealthy, prestigious position to become beggars in the society themselves, to wear only loincloth and travel barefooted and so forth. Jiva Goswami was very wise, he thought, goodness, they must have found some value and that's, so of course, he followed them. Balabal, so his father, accompanied them. So other people would point here is they were very eager to take his position. So he turned it over to them. And what did he do? Uh, he stayed at home and discussed the scriptures. So Sanatana Goswami, he is the original commentator on 
Srimad Bhagavatam for the Gaudiya Sampradaya. This is the seminal work, really the first book of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, officially, from the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are other books before the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which we incorporate into our body of scripture, our scriptural canon, like Kandidas' uh, writings and Jaidev Goswami and, and so forth. But of the Sampradaya, once it's formed formally, Nanda Goswami's work was the first, and that is, of course, the famous Brihat Bhagavatamrita. It's the essence of the Bhagavatam. It's really a commentary on what Srimad Bhagavatam is all about. Some couple thousand shlokas. Of all the Goswamis, he was the most learned in the Bhagavat. Sanatana Goswami. So every writing on the Bhagavat follows his lead. Such an important position he has. So he was studying the Bhagavatam regularly. And on this occasion... He stayed home on the plea of being sick and surrounded himself with many pundits, Brahmins, to discuss Srimad Bhagavatam in great detail from many angles of vision. All of those pundits were, of course, inferior to him in terms of understanding of the Bhagavatam and so forth, but he surrounded himself by these persons and from many angles it would be discussed. The works of the Goswamis in many respects are a collective work although the name of Sanatana Rup may be attributed to one book or another, surely you can be assured that they passed the text between one another for comments and suggestions and editorials and whatnot. And so there was a pool that they formed, so to speak, for the sake of publishing what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about. And it turned out so many literatures. And there's a fully spiritual and a fully academic side or aspect to their writing. Sometimes devotees have kind of a fairy tale idea that they just held the pen and it moved automatically. They were in trance from Goloka. That's true to some extent. Rupa Goswami even said in one place, I'm just holding the pen, writing about intimate delilas of Radha and Krishna. But they were well schooled also, and they employed all their academic credentials, talents, and learning, and so forth, from all fields, in the field of logic and saddarshan of India, different philosophies, and so forth, and their knowledge, of course, of Sanskrit was essential for their work. So he, Sanatana Goswami, what he, he may have been compiling something, even at his work at this time, or conceiving of his work of Brihad Bhagavatamrita, and he had an assembly of Brahmins. So these books should be discussed in this way, over and over again, and from many angles of vision, there's a scholarly aspect to it and, of course, a devotional, spiritual aspect. So to preach effectively, both things are... The spiritual aspect, of course, is essential and the other can be very useful. Gorkashore was a great devotee, but he was illiterate. We don't find that he was the great preacher who contributed many books and so forth to the Sampradaya. But his disciple, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthaka, was a very learned scholar and a devotee, and so together this is a good combination for preaching. Patacharya Pandit Bhishatrisha Lana. So it says here, uh, 20 or 30, Bhishatrisha, Pandits, Patacharjas, the Bengali Brahmin name. Patacharya Pandit Bhishatrisha Lana Bhagavata Vichar Karen Sabete Pashiya. So that is where he stayed in an assembly with 20 or 30 Brahmin Pandits discussing Srimad Bhagavatam. This was his love, Srimad Bhagavatam. 
that is considered to be the heart of Krishna, the main book of Chaitanya Sampradaya. So the Sampradaya is not formed or anything, but it's apparent here. This is what Sanatana Goswami is about. Yes, he was a minister in the Muslim government, so on and so forth, but his own pure spiritual status, what is big of Brahminical status, was preserved even though the Orthodox Hindus didn't think so. But neither were the Orthodox Hindus. It was likely they were not even attracted to the Bhagavad. So many other literatures which are superficial in comparison to the Bhagavatam attract the attention of Hindu pundits and so forth. The Bhagavat, that is a Nigumakalpataru, Galitam, Falam, the ripened fruit of the tree of Vedic knowledge. So this is Sanatana Prabhu's preoccupation. And as I say, we consider the Bhagavatam to be the very heart of Krishna. He was fixed in the heart of Krishna, appropriate person to be one of the leaders of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sect. Ardin Godadesh Barshange Ek Jan Achumbitagoshai Sabhatiko Ila Agaman. While Sanatan was studying the Bhagavatam in the assembly of learned Brahmins, one day the Nawab of Bengal and another person suddenly appeared. Patsaha Dikya Shalve Sabrame Utila Sambrame Asanadiya Rajare Boshaila. As soon as all the learned Brahmins and Sanatan Prabhu saw the Nawab, they stood up and gave him some honor and a place to sit. So he had been out of station, out of the country, and suddenly come back. So he had heard something about Sanatan's having given up the service for some time. So becoming angry with Sanatan, the Nawab said, said, Your elder brother is acting just like a plunderer. Jeev Bahu, Madikoila, Chakla, Shobnaj, Etto Tumikoila Mor, Sarvokarjanash. By killing many living entities, your elder brother has destroyed all Bengal. Now, here you are destroying all my plans. Sanatan Kohetumi, Swatantra Godeshvar, Jeje Doshakori, Dehek, Dehak Tarpal. Sanatan replies, Tumi Swatantra Godeshvar, you are the independent ruler of Goda, of Bengal. Jeje Doshakori, Dehatarpal. So whenever anyone commits any faults, you punish him accordingly. So he's saying, I'm not changing my position. You're the independent ruler of Bengal. If you find a fault in me, punish me. He's thinking, kick me out. Okay, demote me. and Get me out of this position. Put somebody else in it and I'll be more free. Now there's some question uh, may arise as to what he's talking about here with the Nawab when he says, your elder brother, and Prabhupada considers this to be the Nawab speaking of himself as the elder brother of Sanatan. Figuratively, I'm like your elder brother and I go around killing people all the time, hunting and pillaging others' kingdoms to amass territory myself. And in this way I've ruled over and ruined Bengal, it could be said, from a Hindu perspective at least. And now you are ruining all my plans as my younger brother, he's saying, by giving up the service, I've been gone for some time. It may also, some other Pearsons have also considered that it's possible that, as I mentioned earlier, there were other brothers as well. In fact, in one place, Prabhupada mentions there were, I believe, five brothers, and three of them became devotees. So there's some have considered that he's actually referring to another elder brother of Sanatana Goswami. So, Etashuni Godadeshwar Utti Garegela. So here in this, the ruler of Goda, the Nawab, he got up 
And he went back home and Pulai Babali Sanataneri Bandile. He said, arrest him, put him in jail. So this is how he decided to punish him. So now Sanatana Goswami's position is, in one sense, more difficult. In Kali Gela Raja Udiya Marite, Sanatana Gohitumi Chalmon Sate. So at this time, the Nawab was going to attack Orissa. He told Sanatana, why don't you come with me? In other words, I'll let you out, uh, prison and everything. Come with me, spend some time with me, travel with me. I'm going to attack Arissa. That's <laughs> the last thing Sanatana Goswami would want to do. Sanatana replied, You are going to Arissa to give pain to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That's Jagannath's kingdom. For this reason, I am powerless to go with you. The Nawab again arrested Sanatan, kept him in prison. At this time, Mahaprabhu departed for Vrindavan from Jagannath Puri. So we have to stop there. We'll continue tomorrow night to hear how they proceeded Rup Sanatan from there to join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chitan Chitamrita ki jai, Chitanatan Goswami Puki jai, Goswami Kupat ki jai, Kod Bhaktavrinda ki jai, Kod Premanandi, Haribo.